is the Photographer's Revolution Podcast, and I am your host, Dana Pugh. Today to talk to the amazing Megan Lokes, Meg Lukes, as it turns out, that's how you pronounce it, Meg Lukes, and uh, you can find her work at meglukes.com, or if you're not already following her on Instagram, you can find it at Megan Lowe, and uh, that's her Instagram handle. I think there's an underscore in there somewhere. Yep, right after Meg. Okay, so it goes Meg underscore in Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those things I created it back in 2012 and I've just never changed it. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, thanks for coming and chatting with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah. So why don't you tell me, uh, sort of when you got started with photography, how you got started, what it was like in the beginning for you. So I started when I was really little, um, I think I've always kind of been a little bit artistic. Um, and I used to save all of my parents' national geographic magazines. They had a subscription to it. And so I saved those and studied the images. That's kind of how I first fell in love with photography. And, um, in high school, I joined the yearbook team as a photographer and I took you know, classes and I loved film. So that's how I really started was with film and I loved the developing process of it. I used to spend a lot of time in our dark room that we had at our school. And then I went to college and kind of took a break from that and picked it back up again when I started having children. What did you do in college? And, uh, in college, I went more of the, I would say practical route. Yes, I was yes. going into business and I did not want to. So I did not want to go into business and I'm terrible at it. And I just struggled and struggled and struggled. I just don't understand it. You know, finance, things like that. I had just barely making it basically passing. Right. And, um, my counselor actually set me aside at one point and, and told me to possibly reconsider my major because it just doesn't seem like I'm getting it. Right. And so then at that point I was like three years in. Right. So I was like, well, can, how can I not completely start over, but try to take a more artistic side of business? And that's when I went into advertising and public relations, and I did really well. Yeah. Um, so it was still kind of in the business side of things, but more artistic. And so I ended up graduating with an advertising degree. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, that's what, I, that's my degree. Yeah. And, um, I, I guess I, I do sort of utilize it a little bit. Yes, you do. Um, totally. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I really just have always had a love for photography. And so when I started having children, that's when I started to, you know, pick the camera back up again and, and look into taking classes and getting a little bit more serious about it. Yeah. And so how old your oldest son? He's seven. He's almost eight, actually. Oh, yeah. So like, what year is it? 2019. So like sometime like 2011 ish. <laughs> That's yeah. when you, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so About when you time. first started out, so I guess, and, um, I'm wondering, cause you have such a distinctive style now, like you've developed 
a very distinctive style that is both uh, revolves around light, but also around editing. And I'm wondering, like, at what point did that click for you? Like, when did you decide? I don't know. When when did this click for you? And how was it a journey that evolves, or was it something that just happened quite quickly? What was what did that look like for you? Um. I, I almost feel like it was a little bit of both. Um, when I started out, Leo was really little um, when I started taking classes. And I, I think he was about he was about two. And I was pregnant with Woody. And I was taking classes. And my work then looked a lot different than it does now. Um, very clean edits. Uh, not underexposed at all. No moody light. No moody tones. Um, and it was a about the time that I was pregnant with Archie, um, I had been taking a couple creative classes. One was through Caroline Jensen. And I realized I fell in love with, you know, one of the things she has us do is, um, you know, go onto Pinterest and, and you pin things that you're really drawn to. And I started realizing, and she encouraged us to study the things that we're drawn to and why. And I realized that I was drawn to this you know, low light, moody tones, rich tones, color, um, earthy, you know, colors, those sort of things. And so I started pretty, I think, quickly changing how I both shot and edited. And I would spend a ton of time editing. I, I remember I would spend like a full day just experimenting until I figured it out, you know, what I liked. And that's kind of when it started. So probably right before Archie was born. Right. So that's about four years ago. Right. Wow. So um, that's interesting to me because uh, you just got back from Click Away. And I said, I, I asked this question off uh, before we started the podcast. I was like, oh, who were you starstruck by? And you said Caroline Jensen. And now we know why. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, mean, I am curious now, do you, have you ever, and do you now take clients? Is that part of your uh, business or no? No, no. So I was, um, oh, a few years ago, I was actually still working in corporate setting and um, the company that I worked for was a health IT company yeah. and I did a lot of their, their advertising marketing and they, they, um, were bought out. And so I was pregnant with Archer. I was basically losing my job and I decided to go into photography at that point. I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. This is the perfect time because I'm pregnant. I'm going to be going on maternity leave soon. So I started taking clients then. Right. And I did that for uh, like a year and a half, two years. And then Leo got sick. And so when he ended up getting sick, I stepped back from it because I was really busy at that time. Um, and I'm terrible with business. I wasn't charging enough. I was overworked and I just kind of put everything on hold when he was sick. And I also really wasn't loving it. It felt more like work to me. Um, and I, I knew that I eventually really wanted to treat to teach, but that opportunity hadn't come about yet. So, um, anyway, I, I really haven't picked it back up since Leo was sick. I just decided that I didn't, you know, it was basically like working two jobs. So I decided that I would stick with teaching and then not photograph clients for the time being. Right. 
It's interesting because one of the things whenever I'm talking to people about pricing, I know people have like a really hard time wrapping their heads around what custom photography really should cost. And, uh, and they have a difficult time charging that because we all like, uh, usually most of the people I teach are women and we're creatives and we really want to give as much of ourselves as we can to our clients and to our people. And, uh, we don't understand the cost of that. Like not just the financial cost, but like the cost of that on our emotions and our family and on, and, and on our lives really. And so then when something like what happened to your family happens and you need to take a break. There just isn't room in a business where you have to shoot all the time in order to be bringing in money. There's no room in a business to just take that time to pause and like work out your own life. Like I know we talk a lot about work-life balance and people say work-life balance doesn't exist. And, and I argue if it doesn't exist, that's like, there's a problem. You need to actually stop and figure out a way to make, things work for you so that you aren't all work or all life. And I mean, when I, I can see that when work-life balance doesn't exist, it's like right in, if you think that 50% work and 50% life, if that's what you're going in with, of course that doesn't work. Like it, there's never, it's never consistent like that. It's never going to be consistent like that, even for people who have regular jobs in corporate America. But like you have to have a sum of each is all that, and, and it can't be all one or all the other. Like you have to have some of each, you know? And, and, and I think that what's happened from this whole idea of like work-life balance doesn't exist is now we, there's like two sort of mind frames. Either there's like work all the time or like people who, uh, don't work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, it's like this weird thing where people think, I don't understand why I'm not making as much money as I need to make but I'm only working like one day a week. And then there's all these people who are working, like who think it's totally normal to work seven days a week, like for, you know, 50, 60 hours right. a week. And so, uh, it's just this weird thing shift in people's lives where, where we've decided that work is as important as our lives, which is for me, I, I as I get older, I'm sort of like, man, I wish I'd figured that out earlier that actually work is just there to support your life. Your life should be, oh, yeah. your life should be the more important thing. Right. And I have spurts where, you know, I'm slammed just like everybody else. And then I have downtime. Right. And so it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster, which I think is very normal. So, you know, I'm just coming off of a really long, sort of what I consider a break. Right. Um, I was also, you know, I'm going to leave. Yeah. So I, I had a <laughs> nice slow season somewhat. And now I'm in busy season and, and it's also event season for a lot of photographers. So there's some travel involved and everything, but yeah, you know, it's like that. Well, it's how up many and down. Months? So how old is Scout? She's three and a half months. Oh wow. She's still so little. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She's little. Wow. Yep. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, she's home with me, but there's definitely some challenges with me getting work done. Yes. Um, you know, when she's awake, it just is, even with her being little, it's, it doesn't really happen, you know, as much because, you know, I've got to stay interactive with her, you know, and she'll only lay down or, you know, sitting in her bumbo for so long before she's over it. Right. So a lot of my work is done early in the morning or late at night. Right. Right now. 
And so how do you, like, and this is, I know in different phases of everybody's lives, there's different ways that you manage things. And so, like, for me, I don't work as much on the weekends anymore because I have teenagers, so weekends are the only times I get to see them because they're busy, you know, so I always try to work during Monday through Friday when they're in school. That's always, like, the goal for me, of course. That's a great goal, but reality is, like, a little bit not as perfect as that idea. But so how do you manage this? And because I, I know that that's what, like, people ask me that all the time. How do you do so much? And I always feel like, wow, I don't actually get nearly the amount of stuff done that I want to get done. So what, what is it for you? Cause it does look like you are shooting every day and you're posting all these gorgeous images. And I don't know because uh, I haven't taken any of your classes or anything like that, but I assume that there's a lot of editing that goes into a lot of your images. And so, um, how, like, how do you manage to, to stay on top of it all? Let's start there. How do you manage to stay on top of it all? Well, I, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, some things that contribute to, you know, me getting things done. And, and one of those is my husband. Right. Um, he, you know, this is going to sound super cheesy and corny, but we are a team yes. and we're both bringing in income for the family. Right. So I am a firm believer that, you know, I, I shouldn't be the one that's doing all of the chores. Right. And so he, I, I need to give him a lot of credit. He does all of the dishes, all of the laundry basically in our house. And we, we have different things that we do for each other and for the house and for the kids and try to balance that as best we can because we're both making a living for our family. Um, so there's those things and, you know, there's a lot of, I always like to tell people there's a lot of give and take and there's a lot of things that fall through the cracks that people don't see, you know, um, they might see in some of my photos, this very clean looking house, but it's definitely not. It's just that I'm not, I, I do tend to err on the side of more lifestyle and fine art. So you're not going to see more of the documentary stuff with the clutter and the, the laundry in the corner and stuff like that, just because it's not something that I typically photograph what I love it and I appreciate it in other people's work. It's not mine. Right. And so, um, my house isn't perfect. And, and like I said, there's things that fall through the cracks. So, but I do try, um, to find that balance. You know, my husband and I work together as a team trying to get things done. Um, and I know it sounds super, um, simple, <laughs> but one of the things that helps me stay organized is lists. I like had this desk calendar on my, um, on my desk and every week I write down the things I need to do on, I mean, right down to literally showering for that day. Like right. <laughs> remember to take it off because you haven't done that in like three days. So yeah. <laughs> I, I do write things out and I know, like I said, I know it seems simple, but it's a huge thing for me to stay on task. Otherwise I forget um, and so, and for me, I'd like to write those things down. I don't know. It's something about that. Yeah. Um, versus doing it electronically or on my phone, forget it. So, um, yeah. I'm totally that's a list how I try person to too. Like, I think, and I yeah. have like lists, I usually do like a list for the day, but I have like a list for the week of like all the things that actually have to happen this week. Like these things have to happen mm -hmm. this week. So like today we're talking on a Thursday and it's like, oh crap there's still like four things on the list that have to happen by the end of Friday. And you're like, okay, so I might have to work a little bit tonight because um, I've, you know, taken more time to do other things 
the last few days. So right. you, you sort of, that's how I sort of work it out in managing things. Daily lists, weekly lists. I should probably have a monthly list, but I'm way, like there's no way I could have a monthly list. I have this other list of like, these are the things that I need to get done that have not been done for a very long time. <laughs> and would be mm-hmm. great if I have free time. That's a good thing to attack. But <laughs> but I don't often have free time, you know. And I think what you I said about that. your husband is like, you know, it's so important. And for me, I've always, we've always said we're a team. And even like I've had people say why, my husband's an engineer, so people make a lot of assumptions. I think like people always look at people's families and they make a lot of assumptions about how they manage and how things look for them. And so having a husband who's an engineer, a lot of people are like, why does Dana work? And at one time I had somebody close to us say, you know, Dana should just quit. And I looked at my husband and I was like, do you think I should quit? And he was like, no, no, we need her income. Her income's important. Mm -hmm. Even like if you, if your income's not important, why work? Like, I do see that, yeah. but like your husband needs to see that income as important as well as that's yeah. part of being a team. Like, we don't look at it like he makes this much money and I make this much money. We look at, at it like we make this combined amount of money and this is important uh-huh. for us. And, and this is the combined, these are our combined expenses. How are we going to get there? And, and, oh, yeah. uh, We've had moments where we're not working as a team and we've actually had couples therapy, which is amazing and everybody should do it. But uh, I said, we're not working as a team. We're here because something stopped and we're not working as a team anymore. Like we just got too busy and we had to come back to finding a way to work as a team again. And even like recently, I think for me at that point, the big thing he didn't realize was the uh, emotional labor, they call it, that I was doing, that he had, he didn't even think was important. He didn't understand why it needed to be done. And like recently he said, I'm so glad you worry about these things so that I don't have to. I can do more laundry or more dishes or make dinner more often if it means, you know, that you're able to take care of the emotional labor stuff. And I, Mm -hmm. like... I so appreciate that. And in my mentoring, I realized like a lot of people, they don't have that with their husbands. And and it's something that I really think it's worth, it's worth pursuing because it makes things so much better for everybody. It does. It does. It's, that's the whole appreciative factor. Like he appreciates my work. He values it. And that's, um, that he's always has, he yeah. always has, um, he was my biggest cheerleader from the start of like, you should do this. This is, you know, and when I first started out, it was a little hard. I, because I was the hours I was working right. were insane. Yeah. They were insane. I would work until midnight and then I would get up and start working again at like four thirty in the morning. Right. So I, and so I, every night I wasn't spending time with him either at all, you know, for that first year to, um, you know, starting out a business, I, you know, you it's hard. (laughs) And so for yourself and making a name for yourself and now things have changed a little bit where, um, I still work at night, but I really drag if I have to. And I just sit on the couch with him and we just watch a show or we, you know, do whatever, but we just hang out. And, um, so it's things, things definitely change over time. But for first, for the first couple of years of when I started my business, it was a lot of hours 
put in. And he said, he, t- he would tell me, like, I can't believe how much time you spend working. You know, you work so hard at what you do, but he appreciated it. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that when you start a business, it's not, it's not always easy. Things don't just happen like that, no, you know, no. for a lot of people. Yeah. For me. There is no such thing as overnight success. Anybody who's like, reached any level of success is particularly in an industry where there's so many people uh, fighting for that little piece of success. Uh, anybody who's got it has worked really, really hard. And it's right. funny because when I started, my kids were really, really little. And so I tried to work when they napped. I tried to work. Uh, my husband would come home from work and I, literally we would have dinner together. That was sort of the rule. And then he would put them to bed. So he always bathed them and read them their nighttime story yeah and I would work while Uh he did that and then he would let Uh me go until like nine o'clock or 9 30 and then he would come Uh over with like a glass of wine and be like you're done let's go you know and I appreciated that because he recognized when I needed to stop and that sleep was important too and and now he really now we sort of talk about the week so that I say, oh, I'm going to have to work this night. I'm going to have to do this. This is how it's going to look. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, as long as their communication is there, we're able to work as a team much, much better. We don't resent. Yeah. We don't resent when the other person's working. Like, we know that the end goal is there for everybody. Like, we're a team. Uh-huh. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I know. It looks – it's uh, – so, I'm curious – from like a creative uh, point of view, do you see yourself, Where do you, can you like see yourself evolving? Because now you've been shooting for seven years. Is that right? Is that what we said? Seven years? Yeah. yeah. Seven years. I always, that I found for good. myself, like the big changes happened, two big changes happened for me, one at year three and then one at year seven or eight. So I'm wondering if you can like sense a desire to start shooting different things um, or Mm -hmm. if there's, if you can sense like a new direction or like a feeling, can you see it changing in any way, shape or form? I do. I feel like I'm kind of on the verge of, um, well, my daughter was born, so that's kind of been a big change for me. And probably something I'm going to sit on for this next year of just really focusing on documenting her because, um, she's our last, at least I believe she's our last. And so I feel like I, when Archie was born, I missed, I I missed out on some of that because that's when I was also starting my business. So I was working like crazy, you know, I was working a lot and then Leo ended up getting sick. So I feel like I missed some stuff. And so right now I'm trying to, it's, and this is hard for me, um, to say no more often with, um, jobs so that I'm present at home. We just built this house too. We moved into a new house. And so I really want to experience this first year with her as much as possible. With that said that I have some goals that I've had for a really long time that I feel the need to start buckling down and, looking into, um, a couple of them and they're, they're incredibly big goals, like a retreat. I would eventually love to have a retreat. Um, I don't think that this is the right time, of course, right now with the kids being so little, but it's something that's going to take some time to plan. And I want to look into that. And then, um, I haven't ever said anything, but I've been looking into writing a book. Oh, cool. I just haven't done that yet. 
And so that was, that's been one of my, my goals for a long time, photography related. Right. And so, um, you know, my breakout is about to retire. I believe it's been about three years since it's been with the click and mom store. Um, and so I think that's my next step that I'm looking into some doing something along those lines. Um, again, it's just a more of just waiting a little bit longer. Right. Um, until, until I'm ready. And I, I think that's going to be when she's, my daughter's a little bit older. Right. Here. I always think there's different seasons in your life and in some seasons you can accomplish more than in other seasons or like outwardly accomplish more. Cause I think actually the biggest accomplishments, I mean, my kids are 16 and 14 and they are by far my biggest, biggest accomplishments and my most important personal projects. Like not that I, you, you know, they just have, been the most important thing to me and I think so I think that Mm. sometimes you just have to spend more time with them there's going to be times that you can't see coming you know when you're going to have to spend more time with them and that's okay it's like that's why it's important to create a business that um has some flexibility has room for grace you know has room Uh for you to be able to do all these other things so so can we talk a little bit about business because you do earn an income and I think probably Mm. a lot of people are wondering like, how does she earn an income if she doesn't take clients? Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah. can we talk a little bit about how you make that income happen? Like, I know you had, there is some teaching. You were, were teaching on Click and Moms, but that's about to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, how else? Well, I have, I, have, I have two workshops that are with Click and Moms. So I have mm-hmm. my breakout that's about to retire, but then I have two workshops through Click and Moms that I teach throughout the year. Right. And... Um, I'm teaching one right now, actually. And then I have another one starting in just a few days. So they're actually overlapping. So it's going to be a little bit of crazy for a week or so with the two overlapping. Um, so I earn, um, income from that and a good portion of my income from that. Um, of course I'm responsible for advertising the classes myself and and getting it out there, but uh, click and moms also helps. And, um, so that's through click photo school. Uh, I just started, selling presets almost a year ago, uh, that was an unexpected income, a wonderful unexpected income that we really, really needed. Um, but we didn't know it at the time. (laughs) So, um, I, I had no idea. And so that's been a wonderful thing to, um, and I'm looking into, it's been almost a year that I've released those. So I'm looking into creating a new set and changing, changing some things with that. But right now I'm just trying to get through event season. And so that's another thing I earn um, some income from traveling and speaking um, as well. So, um, and that I love it, but it is so nerve wracking and it's, um, and it's hard with little kids and my husband has to take over quite a bit while I'm gone. Um, just like I do when he's gone. Um, because he, he's in the military. So there's times where he's gone for a month. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, so that's that, that I love, I love speaking and traveling. It's just, um, for me, I I do get a lot of anxiety from that too. I, not so much once I get up in front of people, but leading up to it, preparing and prepping and making sure I'm not doing things last minute and trying to schedule. I need time to start writing this speech or this talk you know, because every single one of mine isn't, is different. I don't like take a speech from, you know, one event and then carry it on to another. They're always like unique. 
Right. So that takes time. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. take time. I think a lot of people don't understand what goes into speaking and teaching. And they, they think, you know, I, that it will be so easy. And then when you get, actually get asked to speak and teach and you're like stuck for two days in an airport with a three-month-old and you're like, oh, yeah. this was not what I had planned. <laughs> That's what yeah. happened to uh-huh. Meg this week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's, so much, there's so much arranging, like, with yeah. the kids at home and, like, appointments in school and all that. So everything back home plus the unexpected things that happen and the travel – um, just to get to the destination. <laughs> right, right. And it's a, it's a lot. It can be a lot of work. And so um, are you all natural light? So I've just had this, I was having this conversation with somebody. I was saying that I was going to speak to you and they were, they were saying that you use pro photo lights. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I like always assumed I clearly am not reading your... Uh, <laughs> your post and just looking at the pictures but I always assumed that you were all natural light so can and and so then came up the question are you sponsored by Profoto what does a sponsorship mean and uh, how do you use it in your work so um I am I am not all natural light I use my Profoto lights maybe once a week and um on average and a lot of times I either use it to boost my natural light or it's my single light source altogether. Like it could be I, that I took the shot at night at like 8 p.m. and I'm just using my light and in, in making my light a window. Right. Um, but uh, I'm not sponsored by Profoto. Um, you know, I, I have over time I've gone to um, trips with them and done some things along those lines and collaborated with them, which I love because I love their products. So, um, but whenever I do posts or things like that, it's not sponsored by Profoto at all. It's just something I did using their lights and, um, yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so somebody else asked, um, so now I'm going through some of the questions that people asked. I said, Oh, I'm going to be talking to Meg and, uh, you have quite a number of followers. You have a large number of followers on Instagram. I, uh, I've been following you for a long time. And so I sort of missed the avalanche and went to see like, how many followers do you have? Cause somebody was like, Oh, she has lots and you have lots, like a hundred thousand, more than a hundred thousand. You have lots. Yeah. So like <laughs> the question was, um, did you feel that coming? Was there what do could you feel the build up to that huge following coming and uh or was it sort of a slow burn how did i, I don't i i don't know that i'm saying it right but like what, was it a surprise to you how did it you know yeah. how does it affect you i i actually don't pro- i think i probably know the answer to this but like um yeah can you talk about your huge following <laughs> <laughs> It's always been a bit of a surprise. I, yeah. I will say that. Um, I feel like it was easier to grow my account when, you know, years ago, yeah. before the algorithm, than right. it is now. Um, it really grew then. Um, and that was around the time I think a lot of people were new to sharing their, you know, big camera, sh- you know, images on Instagram and, and, 
I started, well, my account started in 2012, and I think I started sharing photos from my DSLR, I don't know, maybe a couple years after that. Yeah. Maybe even earlier. But I had started early on. I, I, I guess I kind of saw it coming. I saw other people doing it here and there and started, and uh, it really grew. My account really grew then. Um, and then it's recently picked up, I think one, you know, from having uh, my daughter, but yeah. I was also featured by Instagram and that oh, when they featured me, um, kind of my account kind of went crazy uh, yeah. for a little bit there. And that was a little bit of a shock because <laughs> yeah. I never thought I would be featured by Instagram ever. Right. Um, so that, that also contributed to it. Um, but yeah, I try to be consistent. I like to post once a day on my Instagram. Right. Um, and, and people are always like, you're so good about posting, but here's the thing. Uh, one of the reasons I do, I, I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And I enjoy, you know, I'm inspired by a lot of people on Instagram and I've made a lot of great friendships, but it also is an income because I, you know, if you look on my profile, I have a link of, you know, either to a workshop or to my presets. So it's part of my my work too, right, of sharing right. at least one image a day to keep that revenue coming in hopefully. Um, and so there's that aspect of it as well. But so that's important to me too, to try to share once a day for that reason. Yeah. So do you shoot every day? Yeah, just about, you yeah. know, um, I love to do 365s. I really, really do. And um, I think the first two years that I, I did a 365, I was very, I was successful. Yeah. And then the last two years I have failed them <laughs> and I'm doing another one here and I've already failed, but, um, somebody did tell me that cell phone pictures count. So, um, last, last week I technically didn't, there was a few days where I didn't take a picture with my DSLR, but I did with my phone. And so they said that counted. So I'm, I'm going to say that I have not broke my 365 this year and cell phone pictures count. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I've never successfully done a 365 and I actually probably have never gotten through the first month. So it's just not something I can do. And I think partially it's because some days I shoot for clients. And so it's like, I'm shooting all day for clients. I come home and I just want to focus on other things and not the camera. And so then yeah, I, ha I, I have always had such a hard time with 365s. They're just not for me. And that's why, oh, I don't, a long time ago, I used to have the five-minute project. And uh, that, that was my project because it was like, I can't handle 365, but like every now and then picking up my camera and just shooting for five minutes and like focusing on the, documenting this one thing for five minutes is perfect. Uh -huh. Although my husband liked to yep. joke and say that there was no way it was the five minute project, that it was more like the hour and a half project. Cause you would shoot for like five minutes. Oh. Even if I shot for five minutes, I rarely did. But then, you know, you upload, you call, you like look at everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do I like yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. There are many times where I, I overshoot too, which then just leads into taking longer for everything. Like calling. Yeah. It takes way too long. I'm like, why did I take, so many shots but it's this usually happens especially when I'm trying to get all four in the frame so mm -hmm. when I have all four of my children in the frame I t tend to overshoot just because you, uh, there's one kid sticking their tongue out there's one kid looking down you know you just and so I'm just trying to get that one so I don't have to do a face swap for a composite <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I I actually think well when you're doing like more documentary type stuff 
shooting lots is like when I look at people's raw photos, I don't know if you've ever done this, but like when I mentor, I'll look at somebody's raw photos from, uh, from a day or from a session and I'll be like, why did you quit? You know, like you were shooting, 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 and then you quit. Like you took five shots of this and then you quit. Why didn't you stick with it and see what happened? You know? And so for Uh me, I'll stick with things and see what happens. But what I've learned from that is I have to get better at culling. Yeah. 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 I'm the same way. Often some of my favorite moments and favorite shots have been unexpected. So like, you know, with shooting lifestyle, sometimes a lot of the things that I'll do are, are somewhat set up as far as like, I'm, you know, near, near window or in, in some sort of good light, but then sticking with it, if I stay there, something usually unexpected happens. And then that tends to be my favorite shot. Right. And, um, so it is really important to, to do that. So I get it. Just stick with it. So where else are you speaking yep. this year? You just spoke in, uh, California. It was in California, right? Click, click away was in California. Yep. So I was in click away for Cal, Cal, at Cal, or in California at Dana point. And then I'm going to WPPI. Um, oh, sweet. I'm speaking there, um, with Sigma. And so I'll be at that. And that's in like two weeks yeah. or less. And then, after that, I am going to Barcelona, uh, Spain, and I am speaking at the Family Time Conference. Nice. Have you been to Barcelona and before? Have I been to Barcelona? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh my God! No, it's so I have beautiful. not. You're gonna I'm, die. I'm excited. You're die. Do you like? Do you like? Uh, I feel like you probably like interior design a lot, or like interiors and architecture. Mm-hmm. Just looking at your work mm-hmm. and the work of Gaudi in uh barcelona is just like it'll blow your mind you'll just being in that just in its presence is so incredible yeah you'll have such a good time yeah i'm i'm excited for that one and my husband's coming with me to that one and we're bringing my daughter um and then my boys are going to be watched by my in-laws so it's going to be kind of a we've extended the trip so that we have a little bit of a vacation together nice um but i'm excited for that conference because nikki boone will be there and Um, I love Nikki Boone. I mean, it's, it's one of those things she shoots completely opposite of me in right. every way. And, but I, I just love her work. Yes. Love it. And I, she's one of those artists for me that I, I can't believe I'm going to possibly meet her. I hope I get to meet her. Oh my there, gosh. So. She is so lovely. She was my roommate mm-hmm. at a conference once. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. She is so lovely. You'll, you'll, you'll really like her. Yeah. And, and her work is, yeah. Jaw dropping. It is quite it different is. than yours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know, black and white. And then the way she, you know, layers her children, um, in her images, it's just so captivating to me. Yeah. Um, and her work is so raw. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we really love. And we do love the outdoors. We love to be outside. And so but her environment, of course, is much different than ours. You right. know, right now it's really cold where we're at. And so, but it, um, I'm really drawn to that too. I, I, I love seeing work from other people where their kids are outside and they're playing and they're getting dirty. And I'm, I'm drawn to that because we ourselves live that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. So even though you don't like, I, your, your work doesn't show that at all. Like, your kids always look so pretty. I mean, they are beautiful children, and so that helps. But, like, they also always are dressed so nice. They always look so nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. 
Yeah, they are. And, um, and I, I, I'm always envious too of her ability to just, um, not be afraid to share anything and everything. Yeah. You know, she, she's really, um, you know, she's, I guess that's what I also mean by raw too, is her just ability to just not withhold, but there are, you know, I think it's okay too, for some artists, like there's some things for me, I just am not comfortable sharing. And so I'll take the shot, but I won't share it. Like even in my, you know, my kids in their underwear, whatever, it's just for me, one of those things. And I always tell people, you know, if you have a doubt about something, if you're doubting whether you should share, share something, then just don't do it. I mean, just, it's just goes back to, you know, if something makes you uncomfortable, then you know, don't share it. Yes. And that's okay, you know. And I'm totally so. like that. I I used to be like I've been shooting a long time now. This I'm I'm just heading into my fourteenth I'm almost into my fourteenth year of shooting. And when my kids were small, I feel like I shared lots. Although it was so different. Like there wasn't Instagram and I don't was there there might there was Facebook. It was but it was way different than what it is now. And um Yeah. I never, I never really shared underwear photographs, but something clicked. Like when my son actually went through like a really rough time when he was nine and, uh, I shared it on Facebook and, uh, I got some really horrible emails and it it like stopped me and I made me go, okay, wait a minute. And I started to think about, I deleted the post and then I started to think about like when they shift, cause the kids are mine, like, and especially when they're little, they feel so like they're so, they're so much a part of your life that they're, they're yours, but they're also independent. And as they grow older and get more and more independent and things happen to them that feel like they, those, they own, they own those things less than I own those things. You know what I mean? More more than I own those things is what I'm trying to say. And so, like, by sharing some things, I realized, oh, that's not helping him at all. And and I really wanted to always make sure that my kids were okay with what I was sharing. And all – so it's going to be different with – for everyone where that line is. And, um, you know, I can't – like, I love Nikki's work. I think it's just – phenomenal and beautiful and uh but like yeah I don't know like for me I just would never be comfortable sharing some of that stuff and that's okay and it's okay that Nikki is you know what I mean and Uh everybody has to find where that lies for them it's just a journey yeah figuring that out and it could change oh yeah and I think that's part of the reason I'm drawn to her work so much is because maybe sometimes I feel um I don't want to say a bit restricted but like this is this is what I've set for myself, and um, I guess that's why I, I look at other people's work where they are more open and raw with their work, and I'm drawn to that yeah. because I, I um, don't always hear that about myself. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, so interesting. I'm wondering, do you do you ever feel restricted because you have created such a like curated mm-hmm. world? And, uh, if you do feel restricted, how do you deal with that? Like what, what's the process? You know, I, I do, it's funny whenever I do something a little bit different, whenever I shoot something a little bit different, it usually blows up. It, it, and I, and sometimes I might not even fully like love what it is that I might've experimented with, 
Um, but when I share it on Instagram, I know I don't, it usually does really well because it's just something a little bit different. Um, so whenever I do feel restricted, I try to try to do that. Like last summer, I really shot a lot with lens baby, which for me is like out of the norm and hard for me because it's about as closest to freelancing as I can get. I do not like freelancing whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and I know a lot of people find it freeing. I don't like it. <laughs> but, but lens baby, I do, I guess maybe because there's a little bit more control for that. And, um, but for me, it was really different, like shooting with, you know, this like wide angle lens baby outside is, is not something I normally do. And, um, I really enjoyed it. So whenever I feel restricted, I, I try to experiment a little bit, you know, it might not be crazy to some people right. who you know, are constantly doing those sort of things all the time. Um, but, but that's, that's one thing I do to try to push myself and maybe get out of a creative rut. Yeah. You know, so. And so. I was who, in a horrible one. Last year, so. Oh yeah. Was that when you were pregnant? Yeah. No. No. Before it, well, you got pregnant. maybe a little bit, a yeah. little bit. So it was before, like a couple of months before I found out I was pregnant and a couple of months, like in the first early stages of it. I mean, it was like a five month creative rut. Yeah. And there were some shots that I took during that time that I really loved, but they were few and far between. Yeah. And I was really busy. I find that when I'm too busy is when I end up getting into a creative rut yeah. too as well. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, aside from Nikki Boone, Nikki's going to love that we talked about this. I'm so going to message her <laughs> and tell her to listen. Um, but aside from Nikki Boone, is there anybody else whose work stands out to you like that you're really inspired by? And I'm, I'm particularly, I guess, curious about people whose work is like way different than you. Cause I always think people assume that you like work that's the same as you. And I actually, for the most part no. don't. Yeah. <laughs> and so no. I'm curious, like who, who do you, who, who are you attracted to? Um, another one. And I guess, I mean, there's probably, uh, there's a ton of people that would agree with me and love her as well. Summer Murdoch. Yeah. I mean, she shoots way different than you as well. Um, and I, I'm always inspired the way, the way she uses light and, you know, her drone photography. Um, I feel like she was the first for that. You know, she was like the one, I feel like that as a photographer that really you started seeing a lot of those drone shots and then she, she created like a movement. Right. Um, so she's another one, um, that comes to top of mind. That's different. Right. I would say than my work. Um, I do love her work too. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, there's so many more. I can't think of her other yeah. ones right now, but there are, there are many artists that I love to follow people that, um, you know, uh, shoot everything, you know, I, landscape photographers. Um, so usually when I'm, I'm following somebody and like an Instagram, it, it, they're photographers of all sorts of different genres. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that is a, is a good thing to do. Oh, know? I agree. So, it's like sometimes I'm always surprised when I talk to like portrait photographers and I'm like, don't you know, like Paul Ziska or Chris Burkhardt, for example. And they're like, no, uh -huh. I'm like, they're huge landscape photographers or like adventure photographers. How they have like a million followers. How can you not know who they are? You know, but they, but they're like, oh, I don't follow anybody like that. And I'm like, no, you should follow that. Like you should follow as many diverse things as possible because part of the problem is, for children photographers and family photographers right now is we're all getting the same thing in front of our eyeballs. So our work is starting to look, 
very similar. And one way to make that make your different work is to really start seeing different work and looking and seeing other yes. things you think is beautiful. Yeah, I think we all fall to the trap of, of fads. Oh, yeah. And I'm guilty of it, oh, sure. But I do, I have a good friend. She knows that um, I, I do try to stay away from that as much as possible in some ways. Um, uh, you know, if I notice something, you know, I'm seeing a certain shot a lot, I won't, I won't do it. Yeah. Um, I, and I try to stay away from it because I just, I don't know, something about it sort of turns me off a little bit. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I get also, and, and like I said, I'm guilty of it. I get why if you like, oh, I really want to try this shot. I really want to do this. Then you should do it. And yeah. she's getting really vocal. She is. Really vocal. She, she wants to eat probably. <laughs> yeah. Let me grab her, her Cassie real quick. See if that'll help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me. It's been great getting to know you. So um, where can people find you? They can find you on your website, which is meglukes, M-E-G-L-O-E-K-S.com. They can find you on Instagram, yes. Meg underscore N low, L-O. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, they can find some of your classes on ClickAway. Where can they buy your presets? So my presets, you can find them right on my website too. I have this purchase page. Yeah. And it lists my workshops. It lists, you know, where you can find my presets, which is they're sold through Looks Like Film. Yeah. And um, so there's links to all of that stuff right on my website. I'm terrible at updating my website. It's updated maybe once or twice a year. But oh. um, <laughs> you can find all of that information there. Okay, great. Thanks so much. We'll let Thank you go you. take I really care of Scout. Hi, sweetie. <laughs>